We worship the Lord. Amen. He's worthy of worship. He is worthy of praise. There is absolutely none like him. Can we just give the Lord another hand of praise? He is a good God. We appreciate the music ministry leading us in song. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, we're continuing in our series that we have been um, in the last few weeks. I've had a couple of um, great men that have come and shared. And today I've asked one of my close friends and one of the mentors in my life, a man that you guys know well. Um, and he is a friend of this church and he's helped us in so many areas. And so I just want to ask you to put your hands together for Pastor Dan Holland as he comes to continue functional faith. Good morning, good morning. So good to be with you. Even all masked up, I just want you to know that if you want to hug, you can hug me. If you want a handshake, you can shake my hand. Uh, if you want a kiss, you need to see Bishop. <laughs> Don't be offended if after I shake your hand, I go ahead and get me a little extra of the hand cleanser. These are such interesting, interesting times. You know, we can do so much online. You can get teaching online. You can get some music online. But you can't get fellowship. Humans were not created for isolation. Amen. Isolation does not make us who God wants us to be. Amen. I'm not making any big statements here. I'm just saying we need each other. You need fellowship. Even if it's in groups of 10, you need fellowship. So, Bishop, when you uh, texted me last January, you said, hey, can you come and talk to us a little bit about being a father? And I thought that's because I'm awesome as a father. <laughs> no. I, I, there are some things that I've done as a father that I'm like, I'm amazing. That's all there is to it. And then there's other things now that I have a 25-year-old son and a 23-year-old daughter who will be here the next service. I'm like... I don't think I really know what I'm doing. I mean, there's been times where you just think, I, I, just don't, I just don't know what I'm doing. But whenever we started this year, everything was different, right? And, and we had a great economy, and this, the stock market was up, and unemployment was down, and we were just knowing this is going to be an election year. And then suddenly March happened. And when March happened, something interesting happened to the world. It's a pandemic that happened. But what happened was a normalcy was set aside and predictability. And when predictability is removed from our lives, we have a tendency to lose confidence. This is a very important point. Confidence is a byproduct of predictability. And what happens, God uses this, the chaos or the scattering to take us where he needs us to be. So what I want to do today is I just, I just want to tell you that if you are in a place in your life where you're wondering, as you look around at the pandemic and you look around with all the tension in our culture, some is real and some has been created, but that you didn't, you didn't have beforehand. You've just been making it your business to follow Jesus Christ in your life. And now you think, this is crazy. What, do I have what it takes 
to live well for the Lord right now, I want to encourage you today that yes, you have what it takes. And that's why today I've chosen, I asked Bishop if this is okay, but we're going to take, we're going to go to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1, and we are going to learn from that passage not only what it means to live well with confidence in our faith in Christ, but if we do this well, this is also guidelines for how we should parent. So, but, but 2 Peter chapter 1 is so powerful, I cannot overstate it. Just before the pandemic hit, I was traveling to India, and I needed to, they asked me if I would speak at a few of the preaching points there, and I said, of course. And as I prayed about in January, Lord, what should I teach your people in India? It's a third world uh, country. It is, um, and yet I preached to crowds of thousands. He said, 2 Peter 1, 3 through 11, 2 Peter 1, 3 through 11. And I began by asking you two questions. Number one, do you believe that the word of God is powerful? I think you do. God's word is so powerful, in fact, that you remember in the beginning, he said, let there be light. And there was light, but there was no sun. There was light, but no sun, because God's word is powerful. The second question I would ask you is, do you believe that you have been given by God the ability to choose? This is very important. Because if I believe that God's word is powerful and I believe that I have been given by God the ability to choose, then I can choose to believe God's word, obey God's word, and live God's word. Then we come to 2 Peter chapter 1. Now, what's going to happen here is he's going to help us measure and make sense of Christianity, not just in, in war, times gone past when everything was predictable, but in our chaotic world right now, it's going to help us make sense. Did y'all, do y'all remember the movie Hoosiers? It's, it's a basketball movie from, I don't know, 20 years ago or 100 years ago. I don't really remember. But it's, it's set... It's talking about, a, it's based loosely on a basketball team from 1954 in the state of Indiana that won a state championship. Well, in the movie, the little basketball team is from a little town called Hickory. And this little basketball town, it was, it, they were all about basketball. Well, they, they, they continued to win their games. They went through a lot of ups and downs until finally they made it to the state championships. If you've seen the movie, then you remember the scene when they walked into the big gym, where the, 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 and, and they're looking around, and the coach realizes, he goes, most of my boys have never seen a building taller than a grain silo. This is overwhelming to them, because all they have done is played in gymnasiums that seat maybe hundreds of people. This gymnasium, as they looked around in this cavernous building, could seat thousands. And then the coach did something, and this, I'm telling you this because Peter's about to do this with us. The coach said to one of the players, I want you to put Ollie on your shoulders. Ollie was the littlest guy on the team. So he climbed up on his shoulders while the rest of the team just gawked at the size of this building. He then handed Ollie a tape measure. He said, how, how high is the rim? And he held the tape measure up and dropped it down. Ten feet. Coach said, ten feet. How far is the free throw line from the goal? They got down there and they measured. 15 feet. 
15 feet, and then the coach said this to them. I think that you'll find that if you measure this entire gymnasium floor, it is the exact same size as our gym back in Hickory. And with that, the whole team said, we get it. We know how to play this game. This is what I would tell you. No matter what is going on in our world, we have been given everything we need to live godly lives. Do not be taken off your game by the noise around you. Do not be taken off of what you know to be right and true by all of the social media and all of the news. I don't even watch news. If I want to watch a speech that a president or a, a senator makes, I go find it on YouTube, but I don't watch the news. I don't need you to tell me what you think about what just happened. And I certainly don't pay attention to social media because I know that I don't need you. Not you personally, but you understand? Telling me what you think about everything. While I appreciate it, it's just unhelpful for, for me. So you come to 2 Peter chapter 1, and this is what he says in verse 3. And I'll just share this with you. This passage has been a cornerstone in my life from the time I was 18. I was raised in a minister's home, and I was raised to have faith in God. But at some point in my college career, I would have one foot in the world and one foot in the church. And I would travel through Nebraska, South Dakota, uh, Kansas, and I was preaching in all of those churches up around there, even at that young age. And I, and I wrestled with how complicated Christianity seemed and how much good do I need to do? How much praying do I need to do? And, how, and can I ever be good enough? And I came across this passage and I don't know why or how. I don't remember anyone ever telling me to memorize it, but I memorized these nine verses from verse three to verse 11. And every night as I went to bed and I was saying my prayers, I would quote these nine verses over and over and over in my mind. Now, I memorized them out of the New American Standard Version. I'm reading out of the NIV. So as I'm talking, you might say he's getting the words wrong. No, I'm getting the words right, just a different translation, all right? But this is what he says in verse 3. His divine power has given us everything we need for life, to, for a godly life, for our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us very great and precious promises so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. And for this very reason, because we have escaped the corruption of the world, we're in the world but not of the world. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, or in the New American Standard, moral excellence. And to moral excellence, knowledge. And to knowledge, self-control. And to self-control, perseverance. And to perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness or mutual affection, it says here. And to mutual affection, love. Watch these next verses. For if these qualities, these eight qualities are yours and are increasing in measure, they will keep you from being ineffective 
and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election for... Now watch, this is, this is a strong statement coming up. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of, of, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What Peter did... Peter, when he penned these words, we know that he, was, he didn't think he was going to be very long uh, on the earth. He thought he was going to, to, to die, be martyred, and, and, and go to be with the Lord. But he wanted to equip the followers of Jesus Christ to live in dynamically, to live a godly life, regardless what circumstances they would face in life. And he goes on to say, it's no, he said, I know that you probably know these things. And in fact, as we read that list, some of you are thinking, well, of course, self-control, it makes sense. No, what Peter says, but, it, but I need to remind you of these things because when I'm gone, I need you to keep practicing these things. Why? Because if these qualities are yours and they are increasing, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of Jesus Christ. You won't just know about Jesus, believe in Jesus. You will be dynamically effective and productive in the life that you are living. Now, this has become a cornerstone not only for my life, but for the way I also parent my children. Because on any given day, sometimes I need to remind them of the importance of faith. Sometimes I need to remind them of the importance of being good and of moral excellence, of applying what it is that you know. Sometimes I'm teaching them, and that's the knowledge. Sometimes I need to tell them, teach them about practicing self-control. I know that you know this. But now you need to practice self-control and apply this. And anything we're doing in life, it, it takes effort. So I got re to remind them about perseverance. I got to remind them, you got to hang in there. You're like, I hate to see my child suffer. Well, I mean, you might not hate to see your child suffer. I mean, Aldo, clearly, you don't mind seeing your child suffer. No, because that leads to maturity, right? That's right. But then you, you talk about persevering. But then I got to teach them how, how, what godliness means. And godliness means, hey, we include God in everything we do in life. I'm not spiritual because I went to church on Sunday. I'm spiritual because I follow Jesus Christ. And that's a part of who I am. And being in fellowship is a part of who I am. And when I work, I do so as though I am working for the Lord God himself. And so then I teach them about brotherly kindness and about why we have that. And then I talk to them about the value of love. Why? Because if these qualities are yours and they are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of Jesus Christ. My brothers and sisters, we have everything we need to live godly lives. Now, I have to tell you that I have not uh, done uh, super well through this whole pandemic thing because my first thought was humans aren't built to be quarantined. We're just not. And, and now there's so much mistrust that's happening, and we don't know who's telling the truth about this and who's telling the truth about that. And the, the truth is I came to where I said I need to drop my anchor, and I need to remind myself what I believe, and I believe that God ha is the same today, yesterday, and forever. And I believe that the mission that he has given me as, as a follower of Jesus Christ has not changed one iota.
that I have got to stay on task. Now, if that means that I meet in small groups, if that means that I do training online, if that means that I, whatever that means, then that's what, then that's what I'm going to do. But I'm going to stay on point and on mission knowing that God's will is going to be, is going to be done in our lives. So what Peter did for me, what Peter did for me, and the reason I believe we, he's brought me back to this passage is, it's like I've walked into this pandemic, and I'm like, the size of this is, and, and where's the, and how am I supposed to, and he, Peter goes, what, slow down, Dan, just slow down. And he hands me this passage, and he goes, I need you to measure out a couple of things, and I need to remind you of a couple of things. Don't be overwhelmed. You know exactly how to live. You know exactly how to live, and we're going to do this one day at a time. Now, what I want to do over the next few minutes, I want to walk through these eight qualities. And then I was talking with Bishop, and I asked his permission to do this, and, uh, and he may want to do, uh, uh, teach a small group on this, I think online, right, on, uh, during the midweek. But I have studies that if you, if you would like them, I'll email them to you. And uh, they're not perfect. They're not all, you know, cleaned up and everything. But I will email them to you. If you email me at Dan, my email address is dan at healthygrowingleaders.com. Dan at healthygrowingleaders.com. If you email me, I will send these to you. But Bishop may want to have a small group that meets and has conversation about each week about like faith and then about moral excellence. And what is that looking like in your life right now, applying your faith and, and adding to your faith moral excellence? And what is it looking like to add to your moral excellence knowledge? And as you read through the list, you can see how you can, you can become infatuated with one of them over another or how one on one day may mean a little more than on other days. I mean, there's some days I'm thinking, I better focus on self-control today. Why? Because I can feel it. I'm, I feel like I could be out of control in just a minute. In just a minute. I, in just a minute, I could be out of control. It won't take me. It won't take a minute. It'll take about a millisecond. Just, mmm. And people are driving crazier now. Are they driving crazier now? I told my daughter the other day, I said, I think people are driving crazier now. She said, hey, pops, so are you. Hey, listen, if you want to continue living indoors, you'll stop that kind of thing. Okay, let's walk through these things. Let's walk through them one at a time. I'm going to show you. Is this, is this helpful for you? Is this so helpful? It's like put some handles on, on my faith. Show me how to live. And he goes, let's start with faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's not more difficult to please God without faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. Think about that. I've tried. I've tried to live without faith. I know how to do church. I know how to be good. I know how to, how, how to say things that are kind and nice and right. And I know how not to say other things. But I can do all of that without faith. But he says without faith. It's impossible to please God. But we have everything we need through our knowledge of Jesus Christ. It all starts with faith. We know that. What we think leads to how we act. How we act leads to, leads to habits over time. Habits over time lead to character, and character leads to destiny. But everything is built on what I believe. And he says, add to your faith. Don't just say, I'm born again. 
You know, as a parent, I, we were excited when our children were born. We adopted both of our children. They came home when they were two days old, each of them. And they were just, I remember when Micah was born, little blonde hair, blue-eyed. And, and our daughter is half Mexican, so she's got this dark brown hair and olive, you know, complexion where she's like, oh, yeah. But I'm darker than she is, so that's a whole other issue. But, but I remember when they were born, and you hold them, and you think, this is amazing. And then it, it doesn't even occur to you that one day they're just going to be big, and you're going to have to parent them. And it's just been, it's going to be a challenge. But you hold them. You don't want them to stay an infant. You want them to grow, right? Every parent wants their child to be born safely and healthy. And then we feed them milk and over time solid food. Because why? We want them to grow into healthy uh, adulthood, right? Same with our spiritual growth. Peter says, you need to add to your faith. You need to add to your faith. Why? Because the importance of faith simply cannot be overstated. You have to know that God, because anybody, God says, who comes to me must believe that I am, that I exist, and that I am the rewarder of those who diligently seek me. It all starts with faith. It all starts with this. Today, regardless of what's going on in our world, regardless of what the news says or what's out there on social media, seek God. Seek Him. Love Him most. Just seek Him. Believe in Him. Why? Because He's trustworthy and He is never changing. One of my anchor points is, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. Period. I drop my anchor there. Let the storm rage. Well, what about, do you have an answer for this over here? Or do you have a conclusion about that? Or what are your thoughts on that? Why does it matter? I don't need to give my opinion on every little thing. You know what I need to do? I need to start with faith. And I need to be reminded that I can trust God and that God is trustworthy. And then he says, listen, growing starts, growing starts with faith. But I want you to make every effort to add to your faith. Let's talk about the phrase, make every effort. Make every effort. Make every effort means try. Choose to add to your faith moral excellence. Make every effort. Now, when the pandemic started, I heard a lot of people talking about the pandemic 15. They're talking about gaining 15 pounds, right? So, and I'm like, well, okay. So since I don't have to, when it first started, I didn't have to drive to an office. I, I was just, I was just home, which by the way, after three days, people need to leave their home. If not, people need, you need to leave the house if just to walk around the house, but please get out of my way. Just is anybody else with me on this? I love people for three days. And after three days, you need to leave or move out or something. Something needs to happen. But I decided that I would just start. I thought, you know what? I'm gonna, uh, when I come out of this pandemic, I don't know what's, what's going to happen, but I'm, uh, something's going to be different. So I thought, well, what am I going to do? So I bought a bicycle, and I just started riding from my house. Now, some people like to go to the gym. Gyms are closed, though. Some people like to run. I tried running. I hate running. And only I, I, I run. I, I do. And people who run, though, are angry. Have you ever looked at their face? They're very angry. And I understand. So I, I thought, well, I'll take up running. And I tried it. I really did. But I live out in Deland. We got hills out there. And I'm like, no, I've not been called to run up this hill. So, like, if I'm being chased, 
I'm running, okay? I don't hate running so much that I'm never going to do it. But I thought, but what I will do is I'll, I'll, I'll ride my bike because I just get cardio, you know. <clears throat> so um, I jumped on my bike, and I went out the first day, and I went. I've tracked all of this. I went 1.78 miles, and I came back, and I thought I was going to pass away. I thought I was going to die. I thought I was going, this is it, the end. It's the big one. Beth, it's the big one. So I... And I thought I, that I, was, I thought I was done. I thought, you know what? The next day, I got back on that bike. I rode it again. And I thought, for, I thought that maybe had last for, uh, for about a week where I would go like uh, maybe two miles. Because I'm talking about hills. I'm talking about hills. It's not like riding on a sidewalk. you know. So, um, I, but when I went back and checked, I realized it was two to three weeks where every day it would be two to three miles. Now, I'm up to around 15, 17 miles a day where I just go out. I casually put my headphones in. I listen to what I want to listen to. I'm encouraged either by music or by podcasts or by, or sometimes I, I do coaching, leadership coaching. So I just tell them, you want to call me? Call me. I, I'm on a bike ride. And, and so for about an hour, hour and a half, I just ride. Here's my point. Make every effort. When you start making an effort, it doesn't mean that you're going to be awesome. And the goal is not to be awesome. The goal is to make every effort to do what you know is right. Start right where you are with who you are and what, it, what and, and what you can do with what fits you. What I did is I just got out there and I started riding. Nothing fancy. I didn't want to load the bike up and take it somewhere because that takes too much time. I just like, let's, let's get on a bike and let's, I don't ride, I'm not one of those guys that rides in traffic. I know that people won't need to share the road, but I'll be in a morgue somewhere and somebody say, well, they forgot to share the road. I'm like, because I'm one of those drivers that's like, I, no, we don't need to share the road with you. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm revealing a lot of things today. <laughs> My point is, make every effort. If you want to and you believe that God is giving you the ability to choose, then choose to make an effort. Amen. Stop whining about what you can't do. Stop complaining about all those people out there who are wrong about whatever. And make an effort to just do what you know is right. Because God's given you that ability. And in this case, he goes, I want you to make every effort to add to your faith moral excellence. Don't just talk a good game. Get in the game. Don't just watch the game. Get out on the court. Unless we put our faith to work, what good is it? Right? Jesus said, anybody who hears my teaching and puts it into practice is like a wise man that built his house on a foundation. This is what I tell people. We complicate following Jesus. You want to build a life that lasts? Whatever he told you, just put it into practice. Add to your faith moral excellence and to your moral excellence knowledge. Knowledge matters because, and that's one of the things I appreciate, Bishop, about you, about Aldo, about the congregation here. It's the centrality of the Word of God. It's that God's Word does matter. Not just so we can get smarter and talk about, well, we know this, or, or we argue this point or that point. It matters because it's He's God, and it's His Word. And we know that if we take God's Word because it is the Word of God, and, and a human being chooses to apply that Word of God in their life, that transformation happens. But we also know that after knowledge, Peter was wise when he said, and, and make every effort to apply to your, to add to your knowledge, self-control. 
we know that as we learn, there's change that needs to happen. And self-control is what is required for change to happen. For, for the habit, I was sharing about riding my bike. I do that just to go and, and, and just, so, just to do that. I know that I need to have the cardio, but so what am I going to do? It takes self-control. That I, and I found the time of day that works for me. And, and there's times where I just, don't, I just don't feel like it. And that's when I know, just put the helmet on and get out there. Just, just go. And before long, you know, you realize, you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad that I practice a little self-control. I don't, I don't, you don't practice self-control because you have so much self-control. You practice self-control because self-control is getting yourself to do things that you don't necessarily want to do. Is this connecting with anybody? You see how this is so practical. And to your self-control, he said, you need to make every effort to add perseverance. You know, why, why did he say that? Because anything in the world worth doing requires an effort. For example, in my parenting, you talk about effort. I have loved every stage of my children's life. But I got to tell you, there's times where I'm like, this is a lot of effort. And this is a lot of persevering. And any other parents in the room? It's just, if your kids are in here, don't even say anything, you know. But... Yes, it just requires perseverance. And one of the things I've done over the past 20, 25 years is there are six goals that I've had as a father. Some I'm doing okay on and others, I, it, you know, you just struggle in. But I'm going to share these with you and then I hope they're helpful to you as, as a father. And if they're, if you, hopefully you can make them better, improve on them, whatever. But I've asked them to put them on the screen here. Number one, be the spiritual leader of your home. Help your children, your wife, attain the spiritual goals that they have. Pray for your wife and your children. Attend church with the family. Somebody goes, attend Bible study with them. Uh, just be the spiritual leader. Help your kids to discover their spiritual gifts and then help them to know how they can use those spiritual gifts for the benefit of the body of Christ. Second, help your helpmate. Help your wife. Support her. Third, fulfill your role as protector. And what I mean by that is protecting your family legally as well as protecting your people who hassle your family. I'll hassle my children. You won't. Do you understand? I, I, protect, I will protect my family. I will do what I need to do to protect them. Fourth, prepare your child for a career that will support a family. Fifth, prepare your child for marriage. Six, prepare your child for full exercise of rights of citizenship. That's a challenging one because then when they have opinions of their own, they have opinions of their own. And there was silence in the house of God. Yeah, no, it's, you're just like, did you, did you just say that to me? Because I'm pretty sure you didn't grow up in my house. No, it can be challenging, but you prepare them to, to be a citizen, to not, just, to not just have opinions about things, but to contribute in the city, in the uh, uh, county where they live, to make a difference, to participate. Citizenship. Peter encourages Christ followers to make every effort. Just make every effort. And what this means is, over time, some days we feel like we're doing great in our parenting. Sometimes we feel like we're doing great in following Jesus Christ. And there's some other days where we just think, I don't know. I don't know. 
I think I should just go to bed and try again. And you know what? That's okay. It's what, it's what Pastor Aldo was talking about just a moment ago. When you got up here, you're talking about our Heavenly Father. Sometimes we, we see ourselves one way, and we realize we're a child of God. And God loves us. And he knows all of our little deficiencies and all those secrets we have. And, all, and he's going, I just need you to listen. Measure again the court. I need you to add to your faith moral excellence. And add to your moral excellence knowledge. And to your knowledge, self-control. And to your self-control, perseverance. And to your perseverance, he said, I want you to add godliness. Why did Peter say that? Because he knew that what was most important is that we include God in every aspect of our life. This is very important. Everything we do or say should be done or said in the name of Jesus Christ. As though we are working for him. Godliness is including God in everything we do. If God is not a part of something that I am doing, then that would be considered ungodly. Now, take your time. If I decide that I want to go to church and I am in the middle of a church service, but I have not considered God, is it a godly thing or an ungodly thing? I'm not trying to be legalistic here. I'm trying to be... I'm trying to be descriptive. And the point is, he said, I want you to make every effort to apply godliness, to add godliness. And then he says this, I want you to that godliness, he gets real practical, to make every effort to add brotherly kindness. I want you to have an affection for your brothers and sisters in Christ that when there is a need and wherever there's a need, you'll say, I'll meet that. One of the things my wife has done well in this pandemic, which I appreciate, is when we have friends, no matter where they live, in what county throughout Central Florida, if there's a need for a meal, she prepares a meal and she'll drive it over there. Sometimes she drives 45 minutes an hour. Why? Because we need fellowship. Because we need, to, we need to know that somebody cares about us. Because we need to know that somebody cares about us, but they need to know that we care about them. And it's the little things. Sometimes it's just putting, it's like I would take you to lunch, but here's a $10 gift card. And would you just go to lunch? Just think of me when you go, just go to lunch by yourself. Why? Because we got to do the social distance thing. The point is, we can get creative to have brotherly kindness, to think of one another, to love one another, to appreciate one another. Amen? And to your brotherly kindness, he said, add love. Now, notice that he starts with faith and he ends with love. My father taught me growing up, Dan, faith will tell you what to do. Love will tell you how. I said, oh, Dad, it can't be that easy. He said, well, you can believe me now or you'll believe me later on. You know what? I think he was right. Faith will tell us what to do and love will tell us how. So the question comes then, what are my next steps? Well, I think that one of the things that I would tell you is just to start. Just like I jumped on a bicycle and got out there riding, I wasn't trying to impress anybody. I wasn't at all. And I'm still not impressing anybody. But I, you just start. Why? Because you know these are right. And what I want you to walk away from this is knowing that you have everything you need to live a godly life. And by living a godly life, you, your children are watching. And they're not just watching today or this week or during 2020, the year 2020. They're watching your lifetime. A little secret, fathers. 
Our children will follow the faith of their fathers more than the faith of their mothers. We know that to be true. It matters that we just continually stay faithful. Not that we're perfect because we're not, but that we continually stay faithful to the Lord. And I think that every day we can just say that I'm going to live my best today. And as you read each of these statements, I've asked them to put these up on the screen behind me. This is, and this is part of the study that if you want this, you can email me and I'll send it to you or I'll give it to Bishop and he can uh, pass it to you as well. But we can say this, today... I will add to my faith. I will trust God and I will truly come alive. I will let my faith in God lead me in everything. A little aside, I have dismissed this whole chaotic mess around me from my life. I've dismissed it. I'm done with you. Why? Because I, I can only do I, uh, what I can do. I can't fix some things. Why in the world would I worry about that? Why would I not pray about that? And say, you're dismissed. I choose joy. I need to have my joy in the Lord restored. I choose faith today. Today, secondly, I will practice moral excellence. I will put into practice what I know today. I'm just doing that today. I'm not worried about tomorrow. Why? Tomorrow has enough trouble. Today has enough trouble of its own, Jesus said. I'm just going to do this today. Third, today I will grow in knowledge of God's word. I'll read my Bible. I don't need to spend three hours but I'll tell you what, I could read one passage. I could read one passage and be so encouraged and say, okay, I'm going to meditate on that verse all day long. Today, just today, I'm going to read. I'm going to increase my knowledge. Next, today, I will be self-controlled. I will practice self-control over my emotions and attitudes. I will not blame others for my choices nor justify my behavior today. This is good. This is worth just showing up today. I'm not going to blame others because of my choice. And I'm not going to justify my misbehavior. Because that's what we do. It's another sermon. Today, next, I will persevere. I will not give up. Sometimes you feel like giving up, don't you? I quit. That's it, throwing in the towel. No, today, I might tomorrow, but today I'm going to persevere. Today I will practice godliness. Today I'm going to include God in everything that I do today. Today I'm going to practice brotherly kindness. I will be kind to my brothers and sisters in Christ, and I will ask, Lord, who is it that might need a call from me? Who might need a text? Who might need a meal from us? Lord, what can we do? Who? Just today I'm going to do that. I'm not worried about tomorrow or next week. And it's, so it's not overwhelming. Just today. And finally, today I will love. I will love God most and I will love my neighbor as I love myself. Today. We have the freedom to live this way because, church, we are forgiven. Amen? We are not working to make God love us. We are not, we are not living this way so that he, we will have more of his forgiveness. We're living this way because God already loves us and because in Christ we are forgiven. And today I will choose to live this way because I am forgiven. I'm not living this way to earn God's love, but rather because I'm already loved by 
God. Every day has new opportunities and challenges. And here's what I think, and I was talking with Bishop before service today. I have just been keeping my eyes open for how God is going to use the scattering that is happening for the benefit of taking his mission and his message further out there. And I pray, Father, that you will bless each one of these people. If you would, stand right now. I'd like to pray for you. Father in heaven, I pray that you will bless these men and women here today. I pray, Father, if there are any fear, there's any fear in their heart, that you'll remove that from them. I pray, Father, that you'll replace that with joy. I pray, Father, that if there is any lack of confidence, that they will, it would be replaced with confidence in you. I pray, Father, for the, if there is any uh, lack of, if there's any need in any one of our lives because of all the stuff that is happening around us over which we have no control, Father, I pray that we will drop an anchor realizing, Father, that we can trust you to provide all that we need and all that is needed. Father, I give you thanks because you are not just God. You're the only God, and you're a great God. Father, I pray that you will bless this congregation, that you will bless the leaders of this congregation, that you will bless each one of us, that we will not just live well, but that we'll live all out. And we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 You may be seated.